Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It is 560 The Joe Radio Rewind. Running back some of the best you've heard here on 560 over the past 24 hours. Where you at? I am Dan Day. Thank you for coming along the way with me. Going to make the most of it. Hit me up on social media at Dan Day Radio. After you hit me up on social media, you might be weirded out. Just stay with me. We'll go down this rabbit hole together, and we'll hear from the Joe Rose Show. They're talking to Matt Hasselback. Can you tell the Hasselback brothers apart? Which one is which? Huh? I'm not just talking about looks. Like, do you know who did Matt Hasselback play for? I don't know. We'll get it all explained in just a few. And then Greeny talking to Joe Montana. That's the one and only Joe Montana, the man that swells Guinness and wins Super Bowl rings. And then finally, speaking of swelling Guinness and winning, Hawk and Crowder, they win your afternoons from 2 to 6, and maybe you're drinking Guinness while you listen to them. Brian Greasy going to join them. Of course, he's going to be talking about Miami. He's going to be talking about some of the initiatives he has in this area. It is going to be very good, very informative. Speaking of good and informative, I've got the headlines for you. The Heat blew another late lead last night, falling to the lowly Wizards, 103-100. The 7-14 Heat and 5-13 Wizards play again tomorrow night at 8. The Panthers are back in action tonight at the BB&T. They all face Nashville. Puck drops at 7. Pre-game starts here at around 7 o'clock with Doug Plagans, Danny Garcia, the whole nine yards going to get you through that. While introducing his defensive coordinators yesterday, Manny Diaz confirmed that he will be the team's number one defensive coordinator. The Canes open the season Saturday, September 4th against reigning national champions Alabama in Atlanta. Sources say the Chiefs barber has tested positive for COVID-19. 20 players could have possibly come in contact with the stylist. So far, though, only receiver Demarcus Robinson and backup center Daniel Kilgore have been put on COVID reserve due to close contact. Jason Taylor's son, Isaiah, has signed to play with the Arizona Wildcats. The three-star safety played at St. Thomas Aquinas High. And now, you've earned it. Let's take a step into the day spa. A Georgia couple has been reunited with their cat after losing it months ago when moving from South Korea to America. The man and woman were ecstatic over the reunion. The cat, meh. An Indian couple got married while scuba diving some 60 feet underwater. Still not the strangest thing probably going on at the time in international waters. A woman who has long struggled to tell her right from her left has gotten tattoos L and R on her hands to help her with the problem. Mmm, my hot mess of the day. The man who changed his name to Celine Dion during a drunken bender says he has no plans on changing his name back to its original form. Yeah, lay in the drunken bed that you make. 
Scientists are studying a species of chameleon that is one of the smallest reptiles in the world, but surprisingly has very large genitalia. Well, if you can't be reincarnated as a human, now you know what you can be. Engineers at MIT claim to have taught spinach to send emails. Whether or not this is true is beside the point. With everything going on in the world, we're spending time and resources on this? Spend your time in the mornings listening to The Joe Rose Show. That's worth your while. 6 to 10, right here on 560 The Joe. Earlier, Joe Rose, Zach Krantz, Hollywood, they caught up with one of the Hasselback brothers, Matt Hasselback, talking about the sexy QB matchup that we should see this weekend and who's Belichick going to be cheering for on Sunday. Matt Hasselback, we're in Super Bowl week. They got big coverage going on at 10 a.m. on Sunday morning with postseason NFL cutdown. Uh, Matt, good morning. Thank you very much for the time. We hey, appreciate good mor- it. Good morning. Uh, countdown, not cutdown. Countdown. No, no, cutdown. no. no what did I say? I'm sorry. Yeah, you said cutdown. Flashbacks to no, uh, hey, cut get your down, playbook man. and come see the head coach. Right. Man, that was that was yeah. a tough years. We don't we don't wish that on anybody, Matt. I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> Never want to hear that from Don Chula. I promise you. Hey, uh, Matt, we got uh, we got a lot to talk about, mostly uh, around the the quarterback, which we've been talking about. Um, this might be the sexiest matchup we've ever had with the way Mahomes has started his career and what Tom Brady's done so far. Would you agree? Oh, I mean, you couldn't – like the networks couldn't pick something better. Park Avenue, the NFL office, couldn't pick anything better. I mean, combined 89 touchdown passes for these two guys. I mean, both teams are averaging over 30 points a game, and you basically have the greatest quarterback of all time. And then the, the one guy right now – that if you were to say, hey, who could ever reach him? Who could ever get to 10 Super Bowls? Well, you got a guy who's uh, already playing in his second one. He's already been a Super Bowl MVP, already been a league MVP. Neither team runs the ball very much. So, uh, I mean, this, this should be a wild game. Let, let me just uh, follow up with that. Uh, there's been so much talk. We can't get enough Brady angles. And, and so now people, well, he's not a great athlete. No. I think he's the best quarterback to ever ever play how, how do you look at it and I know there's been guys throw it better there's been guys that can run better more athletic but if it's about stats and rings he's the king yeah there's no doubt about that but let's just even take it to his uh to his own team to his own quarterback room like if they had a, a combine right now of just the quarterbacks in Tampa uh, Blaine Gabbert is the backup quarterback. Blaine Gabbert would probably beat him in every single <laughs> yeah. uh, category. Beat him in the 40, beat right. him in the 5-10-5, the 20-yard agility. <laughs> probably can, you know, like all that stuff. It just, it doesn't necessarily matter. And it reminds me of, you know, advice I used to give defensive backs, like rookie defensive backs, when we would draft them when I was playing for Seattle. We, they'd come in, and they were already faster, more athletic, could deadlift more, could bench more than our starting corner. And I would, I would say to them, like, listen, like, I appreciate how hard you're working in the weight room, but you're already faster and str- like, you're already better than our starters. Where you need to improve is on these other stuff. And, and basically what I saw is young corners come out there, and instead of, like, you know, looking at the formation, looking at the personnel grouping, down a distance, situational, they're out there defending every route in the world that a wide receiver could possibly run. And where a veteran corner, he's out there saying, okay, it's a three-by-one set. They're going to run either a slant, a comeback, or a go. Now the running, you know, set hut, ball snapped, the running back went to my side in a check release. Okay, it's either slant or a comeback. There's nothing else they're running here. And so, like, if you can as a quarterback, you're not always going to know 
know like what the defense is going to do. But I think where guys like Brady and Rodgers and Breeze, where they are right now in their career, they know what the defense is not going to do. And so like the defensive uh, stuff shrinks for them. And that's where I just see Brady and guys like him just playing at a whole nother level right. than, uh, than other guys. Matt, Tom Brady had a lot of nice things to say about Bill Belichick the other day in his little uh, Super Bowl media press conference. You think uh, Belichick on Sunday is sitting on the couch eating a bag of chips rooting for or against Tom Brady? Well, I'll say this. Never believe what uh, a player or a coach says at a podium press conference. It's it's rarely true. However, in this case, I do think there's mutual respect. For those people that just want to pit Brady versus Belichick, Brady's in the Super Bowl, Belichick's not in the playoffs, I think that's unfair. Like, it would be like, you know, let's just say I went to Harvard and then Harvard Business School and then went on to business and, and had success somewhere. Like, part of the reason that I had success somewhere would be because of what I learned at Harvard and Harvard Business School. And I think that's what happened for Tom Brady over 21-plus years. He basically you know, was coached by probably the greatest coach of all time. And he brings all of that knowledge, two decades of knowledge to Tampa. And in particular, there's one thing I highlighted on our show Sunday NFL countdown last week, where if the opposing team makes a tackle on your sideline, they now have 53 and one third yards to go to get off the field. If you, uh, you know, if they're changing personnel grouping, Something the Patriots have done forever, and the Buccaneers just did it. I've seen them do it to Green Bay, where they just hurry up and quick count you right away, get a free play, free five yards. In this case, they got a free 25-yard play. And that's a Belichick thing that all of a sudden now they're doing in Tampa. So I just think Bill Belichick deserves some credit for even the success that the that Brady and the Bucks are having this year. Matt, you spent some Sundays this regular season talking about our quarterback down here. I'm just curious now that we got through it to a – Tunga Vailoa, what were your thoughts on his first year? Well, you know, I, I don't know if you guys know this, but our show, our producer, is the, the most diehard Dolphins fan of all time. So any chance we had to talk about <laughs> the Dolphins, we were going to talk about it, and Tua was the guy we would talk about. The big one happened during the bye week, where we never talk about a team during the bye week, and we're talking about basically the switch from Ryan Fitzpatrick to Tua during the bye week, and I was very, very much against it. I love Brian Flores. He's one of my you know, favorite people in the world. He was one of my coach of the year candidates. I think he's outstanding. 10 wins this year. He's going to do a great job. But I strongly disagreed with the decision to get rid of Ryan Fitzpatrick after they just put a beat down on the New York Jets. And for no reason other than it was a bye week, they decided to go with Tua. I just thought it was unfair to Tua. I didn't think it was the right thing. I think it's okay for young first-round quarterbacks to sit and wait and learn, uh, much like Tom Brady did, much like Patrick Mahomes did, much like I did, much like Aaron Rodgers did. There's nothing much – I mean, Deshaun Watson wasn't the starter to start week one, and he had success right away. So I just thought this team was – you know, a team that had a real shot in the playoffs. And I thought Ryan Fitzpatrick was playing great football. He ended the year in the top five in QBR of the entire NFL, of all the pro bowlers, of all those guys. I just was, uh, it was a head scratcher decision for me. And quite honestly, it didn't feel like a, a decision that was, that was a coaching decision. It felt like it was more about marketing and ticket sales and Jersey or so, like something else. It just, it was a head scratcher to me. Matt, three-way street is the Tua keeping him and and loading up around him, maybe drafting a quarterback or going after a Deshaun Watson type in this offseason. Which street do you think the Dolphins should go down this offseason? I mean, listen, like the the getting Deshaun Watson street is is a fairy tale to me. Like, that's like getting Aaron Rodgers. Like, 
you don't get rid of a great player like that. I, I think, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson are similar to me in that. Like, when you think of the Houston Texans, I think of Deshaun Watson. I know he's upset. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, I know he's upset. He's not going anywhere. In the words of Mark Murphy, the Packers president, I think he said, we're not idiots. We're not going to get rid of this amazing <laughs> right, quarterback. Right. I think it's the same thing with the Houston Texans. I don't see them – uh, now, I could be wrong. You know, who knows? But I don't see them under any circumstances wanting to get rid of Deshaun Watson. You know, that that is what it is. But, you know, I really thought the quarterback room in Miami was good this year. Like, I thought the one-two punch of, of Ryan Fitzpatrick taking the lumps, learning the hard way, being a gunslinger, and Tua coming off of a, you know, a great college career in the injury, it was a nice little, it was a nice little one-two punch. It reminded me a little bit and maybe this is a terrible analogy, um, but it reminded me a little bit of when Doug Peterson was the starting quarterback for Andy Reid in Philly, when Donovan McNabb was clearly going to be the guy year two. And they was like they were just like building the team, building the team, and the guy uh, taking the beating and getting booed and you know all that stuff was Doug Peterson. And then after year one, he moved aside and Donovan McNabb came in and instead of booing him when he got drafted, they were like, yeah, all right, we got McNabb. Finally. Thank you. We've been crying for this for a year. And then that team, you know, really took off and they were a perennial pro bowl. Oh, sorry. A perennial playoff team went to the Super Bowl, but you know, that's not how it went down. And, and, and the dolphins I think are, are going to have a, are going to have a strong team, but um, they, they do need, they, I think they do need better quarterback play from Tua next year. Let me ask you before we let you run here, uh, this thing, you're, you're real familiar with the Green Bay organization. It looks like one of the more solid. How do you explain you got Aaron Rodgers and you go out and draft Jordan Love in the first round with all the things they've done? I'm still a head scratcher. I know, I know it sounds like he's still salty about it. Did that one even yeah. surprise you a little bit or no? Yeah, no, it's, well, the fact that they drafted a quarterback doesn't surprise me. The fact that they traded up to draft a quarterback in the first round really surprises me. I mean, I am biased. I was drafted to the Green Bay Packers in 1998 when Brett Favre was coming off of his second consecutive Super Bowl, his third MVP, and yet the Packers drafted me. They drafted a quarterback the year before that. They drafted a quarterback the year before that, the year before that. Like, that just was the Packer way, the Ron Wolf way. Like, we're going to draft a quarterback every single year. Now, listen, none of us were first-rounders. I mean, right. I always pick 187. It's a low investment. It's a, it's a, it's a buy low, sell high, you know, situation. So they, they did it, – it is a head-scratcher. I don't understand it. The only thing I would say – it feels like a very expensive insurance policy. And it, it reminds me a little bit of like Jimmy Garoppolo being in New England. Like, why did you uh, pick Garoppolo with a second round pick? Why did you hold on to him as long as you did? The only thing that really makes sense is this was an insurance policy. And just like all of us who have uh, car insurance, uh, you know, health insurance, all that stuff, it's great to have. You hope you never have to use it. Matt, thank you, buddy. Really appreciate Thanks, you spending some time. We'll be watching on Sunday. Thank you. Okay, thank you, guys. Matt Hasselback, quarterback and now analyst extraordinaire. The gift that just keeps giving. Talent. Joe Rose, he caught Dan Marino's first touchdown pass. He's got talent. So be sure to listen to him in the mornings. And then he's followed by another talented guy, guy I like to call Greeny. When people ask you to name your number one Super Bowl memory, is it that play or is it something else? It's between that and... Greeny getting stories from... Whew, super talented Joe Montana. Maybe a Guinness from him, too. He is a spokesperson, after all. That and more on the way here on 560 The Joe Radio Rewind. 
560 The Joe Radio Rewind, running back some of the best you've heard here on 560 over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day on social media at Dan Day Radio. Got some boyish in the background. That's a Miami artist. Our group of artists are two ladies from Miami, are living in Miami. And you know what I'm saying. Feeling good though with that music in the background. And gotta be feeling good when you got Mike Greenberg Greeny from 10 to noon right here on 560 The Joe, especially when he's talking to Joe Montana, the guy who did it all, whether it was at Notre Dame, the 49ers, the Kansas City Chiefs. Now he's got that Guinness going and he is talking about his greatest Super Bowl moment. He also touches on, of course, the GOAT. I don't know if he totally agrees with that, Tom Brady. And then Guinness. As Joe Montana is set to join me, that's the question. Is he the answer? Can you name the only two players to have won Super Bowl MVP in consecutive seasons as Patrick Mahomes could become this weekend? Montana is not one of the answers. The two players to win Super Bowl MVP in consecutive years are Terry Bradshaw in 78 and 79 and Bart Starr in the first two Super Bowl games, 66 and 67, Super Bowl 1 and 2, and then Bradshaw in the late 70s. No one else has won Super Bowl MVP in back-to-back seasons. We will see if Patrick Mahomes can do that. A lot of people probably guessed the answer was Joe Montana because he is arguably the greatest Super Bowl legend of all time, and he is with me here on ESPN Radio. Joe, it's Greeny. It's a pleasure to catch up again. How have you been? Can you hear me, Joe? Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, I can hear you. Excellent. We are live, and it is a pleasure to see you. I know we had a little technical issue getting you going, but now we're up and rolling and ready to go. Did you, you, so you didn't hear the trivia question. So let's see if you got I this. I did hear the trivia question. Oh, you did hear well, it? I did, but that was shocking, yeah. I was surprised. I didn't, I, you know, goes back a long way with Bart Starr. I, I thought one of them was Bradshaw. I uh, grew up in, in Pittsburgh or outside of Pittsburgh in mm-hmm. a little town called Monongahela, so I was a Steeler fan growing up. So I got half of it. <laughs> okay, fair enough. That's better than probably a lot of people did. You know, Joe, the other day I've been doing these lists of like the top five, this, that, or the other, and we we did a list of the greatest plays in Super Bowl history. And on that list was your touchdown pass to John Taylor, the one that won the Super Bowl against Cincinnati in the final half minute, capping off one of the most famous drives in history. When people ask you to name your number one Super Bowl memory, is it that play or is it something else? It's between that and the first Super Bowl we went to when I first walked on the field. Seriously, it was like the yays and the boos met on the 50-yard line. Hmm. You have to, it, it was the craziest feeling. But if you're picking a memory to th- of plays, yeah, that was probably that was probably it. You know, to win a Super Bowl, throwing a touchdown pass in the, in the last play. You know, I did that in my backyard a thousand times with my my neighbor, but I used to make him dive for it and make, see if he could. <laughs> you know what I hadn't remembered as we went back and looked it up is that that was John Taylor's only catch of that game. Jerry Rice had 215 yards receiving in that game. Roger Craig had over 100 yards receiving in that game, and that is Taylor's <clears throat> only catch of that Super Bowl. That I had no idea. You know what the worst part is? Yeah, he was probably over there standing wide open a lot of times. <laughs> There were so many times, Greeny, I'd go, I'd drop back and I'm going, oh, John Taylor, John Taylor. Ah, crap, Jerry Rice. And (laughs) you look over there and there's John Taylor standing wide open. And and you ask John, you know, what's it like playing with Jerry Rice? He goes, I'm just running for my health. (laughs) But never, never complained a bit. Never complained. It's sad because he could have been a Jerry Rice and he was a freak of nature. 
physically and, and the things he could do, his ability to make people miss. I mean, one of the only two guys to go twice 95, 90 plus yards in a game for touchdowns. So amazing guy. Let's talk about this one. Uh, you know all about Super Bowls and having been through these experiences and all of that. And here is here's Tom Brady in his 10th. Now, he's a kid who grew up idolizing you. You were talking about how you grew up rooting for the Steelers. You're obviously well aware Tom Brady grew up in Northern California idolizing you. How do you put into perspective what this guy is doing at the age of 43? It's pretty amazing, you know, to, to, for, to be that resilient over the years and, and not only playing at 43, but the success he's had is just, I, I don't think it'll ever be, well, if it's going to be matched, it's going to be matched by the guy who's he's playing this weekend. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, it's pretty, pretty amazing. The, like I said, the success he's had both in New England and then now, you know, moving in, the show down to Tampa He's got a lot of weapons down there, and the defense has been playing pretty well. So, got a good team. So, can't imagine them not being back in it again. Yeah, and and here's the part of it that I find most fascinating, and, and you could speak to this obviously as well as anybody can. That when you get to a stage in your life, I would imagine as an athlete, where you've accomplished everything that there is to accomplish, a guy like Brady who has all the money that you could ever possibly imagine, and an unlimited list of options, like anything in the world he could want to do, the drive to continue to put himself through whatever it is you put yourself through to stay there, that amazes me at, at the age of 43. Well, what do you think of that, that, that he still wants to do all the things that are required to do to be where he is at this age and in this stage of his life? I totally get it. It's, it's like a drug. I can't even explain it. And I always say that I wish everyone could play one Sunday afternoon out on the field, win or lose, just to feel the adrenaline rushes that go through you up and down, uh, fighting back. Coming, it, it's crazy. And then the only bad part about it is is why people try to play so long is, is I said, once you've tried it, you'll understand. Mm. But there's no, once you leave, there's no going back. There's no pickup games. I mean, I can't, I can't run from here to my front door. <laughs> you know, there's no, you know, like you can go out and basketball guys can go have a little bit of fun and play and mess around or baseball, whatever, but you can't do that in football. So when you quit, it's cold turkey, you're done. There's, and especially at that age, you're not going to get, go back to it. So I always say, no matter what position you're playing, play as long as you can, as long as you can physically handle it. And, um, keep going because when you quit, believe me, you regret it. And no matter, I mean, I, I quit because of injuries and was looking forward to wanting to be able to move around and be with, be able to play with my kids. And, and, uh, still to that day, the first two, three years, I didn't even want to watch it. I was still mad that I retired or I had another year on my contract. I still could have kept playing. I made that decision and then I regretted it after that. That's fascinating. The psychology of that is fascinating, and, and it is. It is something that becomes such a part of the lives of, of you guys, and, and, and just as one who sits here and watches it and chronicles it, it's fascinating what it means to you. The great Joe Montana is with me. Then you mentioned the other guy. I remember we talked last year during Super Week, and, and when it was Kansas City, San Francisco, and those were your two former teams. So here's Mahomes with a Super Bowl already, a Super Bowl MVP already, doing things over three years that, frankly, no one has ever done before. How do you put into perspective what this guy's career is starting to shape up to look like? As long as they keep him loaded on the outside <laughs> and, and give him a running game, he's got a long way to go. And, you know, he's such a different quarterback than Tom. His mobility helps, you know, keep a lot of the things that he can do. I mean, everybody said, well, you know, it's not always about how far you can throw it, but he can let it, he can let it fly. And when you get him out of the pocket, he's just as dangerous both with his legs and with his arm. 
and has the ability to let it go. And somebody asked me the other day, can you throw it as far as Patrick Mahomes? I go, oh, absolutely. It might take me three throws, but I can get it to the same spot. <laughs> but yeah, I think this is, this, is what, this is what it's about. This is what we're talking about is, you know, in, with Guinness and the GOAT. You know, he's, here's the next GOAT coming up. And if there's anybody that has a chance to catch anything that Brady has done, it's this guy. I mean, look how young he is and what he's accomplished. And if they win this weekend, puts him in a special bracket, and then he'll be going for three in a row. And, you know, if they can keep that team together, there's no reason why they couldn't do it. And uh, he's a special one. Joe Montana is with me. That's the program that has you here with us today. We'll get to that in just a second. But I did want to ask you one quick X and O question, if I could. The Chiefs are going to be playing without so many of their offensive linemen who are banged up, including now their star left tackle, Eric Fisher, who tears his Achilles. The, 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 The Buccaneers have a fierce pass rush, and they're going to come at him. As a quarterback going into the game, what's the number one thing you have in your mind? What is your number one priority when you know your O-line is banged up, they're coming after you? What's the number one thought you're taking with you onto that field? Well, first, I think first you go into, we got to, you, you want to try to get the ball out of your hands as, you know, quickly and be, be ready to move and understand that if somebody's having a problem, the second one is you got, first you got to trust those guys. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, 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 they're still professionals. They may not have been your starters, but you got to put trust in them until, until there's an issue. And then once there's an issue, you have to try to figure out how to solve it. Do I need a tight end to help chip somebody? Does the back chip them? You know, how do we deal with, you know, someone who, because <clears throat> typically it's going to be one of the tackles where you have an issue because they don't get help as much as the guards in the center. Mm-hmm. So those are the usually the positions where you need a little bit the tight end to there and way out, but you don't want to you don't want to mess with your offense unless you totally have to do it. And so otherwise, you just want to go into the game with the same mindset. We're going to run our stuff, and then we're going to adjust if we have problems up front. I, I don't you can't I don't think you can worry about it. You there's too many. You start worrying about the protection, <clears throat> then you're not looking downfield. You're not doing the things that he would typically do. So I think you have to go with the mindset that these are my guys. We're going to do it. You're going to do it. And you try to keep them as positive as possible. And then problems arise. Hey, how can I help you? be fascinating to see how that thing plays out. You mentioned it briefly, Joe. What's the program you have this week? Well, we you know, uh, I teamed up with Guinness a while ago, and, and the, we just did a commercial called The Goat. Uh, what's it like to be the greatest of all times? And it, and it's not really about the numbers and who that is. It's about the greatness inside of all of us. It's about that being resilient. We've had a tough year. Everybody knows that. And we need people to reach back inside of themselves and find that greatness because there are a lot of people out there who need help. Finding ways for those type of people to help the people around them get better is what it's about. It's also about, you know, Guinness, obviously, and, and drinking responsibly. You've got a big weekend coming up, and it's been great being a part of that. I fell in love with Guinness many, many, many years ago over in Dublin, Ireland, with a friend of mine telling me, let's go get a pint. And I was thinking, okay, but, you know, I'm not big into those heavy beers, and that's what Guinness looks like, but you taste it, and it's not. It's it's soft and smooth, and I, and then every day we were over there, I'm going, isn't it, Charlie, it's time to get another pint, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's, I fell in love with it, you know, back when my girls were in high school, so it was, it's been a long time, and, and their association with the Notre Dame, the alumni, um, and the fans uh, just made this, this um, collusion, you know, I think really work and make sense for me. All right, Joe Montana, again, enjoy the game this weekend. I always enjoy these chances to catch up. Best of luck with everything, and we'll talk again soon. Thank you so much. I'm going to take care, Greeny. Have a good one. Joe Montana, send Guinness. 
Love me some stouts and some porters. The darker, the better. Mm-hmm-hmm. Thinking about that, probably going to have to run out and go grab a couple of beers after work tonight. It's been a long week, but hey, I'm not complaining because I got my doo-doos up next. Well, he didn't have much athletic ability to lose, Crowers. You know, so it was... Uh... <laughs> You know, I think that that was uh, to his advantage. Hawk and Crowder with a Miami guy through and through, Brian Greasy. Does it get much better? Hold tight to find out right here on 560 The Joe Radio Rewind. Summertime and the living is easy. Welcome back to 560 The Joe Radio Rewind, running back some of the best audio you've heard here on 560 over the past 24 hours. Got a little Lana Del Rey singing about summertime because the weather is chilly here in Miami. Not going to say cold, just going to say chilly. Do I like it? I'm not going to say that. I do not, do not, do not, do not like it. The hotter, the better. I like South Florida weather when it's hot. Right now, I'm grinning and bearing it knowing that the heat is Coming. Hopefully the heat will be on tomorrow night because the heat are back in action. Maybe get a win. That's neither here nor there. Let's get to the Hawk and Crowder show. They're always on fire, especially when they're talking to Columbus High School graduate Brian Greasy. He also played for the Dolphins. His dad also played for the Dolphins. What are they talking about with old Greasy or younger Greasy? Well, talking about Brady's longevity. Also, can the Bucks actually win this weekend? Do the Dolphins do what it takes to get Deshaun? And Brian Greasy's got a big heart. Here we are on faux Radio Row. It's not the real Radio Row. It's a faux Radio Row. We're pretending like we're out there, Crowder. Would have been so much fun. Oh, I would. Ah, yeah. Brian Greasy is joining us. And, uh, of course, you watch him on Monday Night Football with Steve Levy and Louis Riddick. And uh, they're going to be on the call, by the way, for the Super Bowl for ESPN's international networks. So Brian and uh, Steve and Lewis, they're going to be out there at Raymond James Stadium Sunday night. And, of course, here in Miami, the greasy name is Royalty. His dad, a Dolphins legend, always joins Crowder on the Dolphins pregame show. And uh, Brian himself, a season with the Dolphins as QB. But uh, a pretty good football resume for Brian Greasy. National championship, Super Bowl ring, Pro Bowl. Uh, But, hey, Brian, thank you for making time for us first. Yeah, man, great to be with you guys. It would have been nice to be on Radio Row in person, but, you know, I like to keep my distance from those linebackers like Crowder anyway, so this will have to (laughs) be Hey, hey, Brian, I had two and a half sacks in six years. You don't have to worry about me. <laughs> now, this is amazing because Crowder's here. Brian Greasy's here. The Super Bowl Sunday features Tom Brady, a quarterback. You were teammates with him at Michigan, Brian. Can you believe he's still doing what he's doing? Oh, yeah. Listen, back in 1996, uh, 95, 96, when uh, we were in the quarterback room together, none of us had any doubt that he would be getting to his 10th Super Bowl. We knew it all <laughs> along. There was no question. He, he came from, from Northern California, and uh, he had long hair, um, and you know he had the same athletic ability that he has now back then, which wasn't much. Uh, but when he, when he set his mind to something and when he threw the football, you could tell that he was a talented guy and that nothing was going to stand in his way. So while we didn't know that he was going to be the greatest of all time, uh, I am not surprised in the least based on what I know of Tom Brady. 
And Brian, he uh, I was in the AFC East. I played with the Dolphins. He stole our soul twice a year, usually because they were just running the NFL. But Brian, at forty three, and you knowing Tom since college, has he lost anything? The deep ball, the arm strength, because he's now carried a team like you said to the tenth Super Bowl. That's crazy. A chance of winning seven. Is anything lost in Brady's game at forty three years old? Well, he didn't have much athletic ability to lose, Crowers. You know, so it was. Uh, <laughs> You know, I think that that was uh, to his advantage. But here's what I know. I know that, you know, when you change teams at the quarterback position uh, and you go to a different conference and a different organization, an organization that has not won a playoff game in a long time, and you're in the middle of a pandemic and you're having to try to rally guys together, communicate, have, have them get to know who you are, install an offense, um, and to do all of that and then go on the road in the playoffs three straight weeks and win. And then to get to the Super Bowl and to be doing that at age 43, if he's able to pull this off against who is hands down the best quarterback in the NFL right now in Patrick Mahomes, if he can pull that off, I would argue that this would be the greatest Super Bowl victory of any quarterback in the history of the game. And it would be hard to argue that. Brian Greasy is with us. He's going to be on the call Sunday for the ESPN International Networks. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I think the appeal for Sunday's game is the old goat versus the new goat. And and I got to ask you something regarding, we're talking quarterbacks here, regarding the Dolphins quarterback, Tua Tagovailoa, because there's all this hubbub about Deshaun Watson wanting out of Houston so if he is made available, if they decide there's no way that they can fix the relationship, should a team like the Dolphins do whatever it takes to get Deshaun Watson, or do you ride with Tua Tagovailoa? Well, I, I would not say you do whatever it takes. Um, there's got to be a, a, a barrier there, but I would certainly look hard, long and hard, at what it will take to get Deshaun Watson. I think Deshaun Watson would definitely have interest in going to Miami with the, with the great organization that's being built there with Chris Greer and Brian Flores. There's no question Deshaun Watson should have interest. The question is, how much would it take? Now, you send back some of the capital that you got for Laramie Tunsil, you know, back, that's, that's a pretty good deal. Um, but there, listen, there's no comparison between Deshaun Watson and Tua Tungavailoa. If you step back and look at it objectively, Deshaun Watson is a proven commodity at 25 years old. You could get in for the next 15 years based on the way the rules are in the NFL now. So, yes, I would look long and hard at Deshaun Watson, and I'm not worried about Tua Tungavailoa's feelings. This is the NFL, and at the quarterback position, you always want to look to improve, and Deshaun Watson would be an improvement. There's no question about it. And, Brian, as, as an ex-player, like we talked about your dad, too. He's back in the 70s. You're a football family. Do you like – what Deshaun did, like, do you like the NFL players taking control of their career, really? Because I'll tell you, it's not like the NBA, man. I think the NFL has a different dynamic with their players. Do you like the shift that I would say Jamal Adams leaving the Jets and now Deshaun potentially leaving the Texans is creating for the future players? Um, listen, Channing, I am always in favor of the players and the players having more power over their careers. Um, I would not equate what Jamal or Deshaun have done to what's happening in the NBA. I think that what, what's happening right now with some of these players in the NFL is they're looking at what's happening as a society right now, and they are expecting more from their leaders, from their owners, from their general managers, and their head coaches. 
And I think that's absolutely fair. I think what Deshaun Watson is demanding from, from the Houston Texans is well within his rights. And, and I think that the more power that you have as a player and the more control that you have over your career, the better it is for everybody. And it's better it's going to be ultimately for the Houston Texans and for the league because there's going to be an expectation that you run your organization in a top-flight manner. Do you think it's fixable, Deshaun's relationship with Houston? Is there any chance he takes snaps as a Texan next season? I'm sure there's a chance, but I don't see how you could fix that situation. I I, I honestly don't. And as much as they say they don't want to trade him, really the ball is in Deshaun's court. And, And I think he's made it very clear that he wants out. Brian Greasy is with us. And again, you see him on Monday Night Football, and we'd normally be sitting on Radio Row in Tampa with Brian, but we're doing our little faux Radio Row. But there are a ton of events surrounding the Super Bowl, but this year they're mostly going to be virtual, as will yours. You founded a charity, Brian, along with your wife. It's called Judy's House. It's in memory of your mom, Judy, And its mission, I think this is so important because when you look at it, the number of children who experience the death of a parent is staggering. You lost your mom, Judy, when you were 12. And so you created this charity. You're having a virtual event on Saturday. Tell us a little bit about the mission of the charity and then tell us how listeners can get involved in the event Saturday. Yeah, thanks, guys, for for bringing it up. And you're right. I, I lost my mom when I was 12 and I was living right there in South Miami. And I I remember feeling like the only 12-year-old boy in in Miami and and in Florida in the world that had just lost his mom. I I didn't know anybody else that was going through it, and I didn't really have any any outlet for my grief. Um, And I struggled with that. And and I I remember um, when I got into the National Football League and had a platform, I wanted to give back and help kids that had lost a loved one. And, And so that's what Judy's House is. Uh, we work with grieving children and families. Um, we've done so for the past 18 years. Uh, and you're right, there is a, a huge piece of awareness that needs to happen uh, across our country as to how many kids are going through this, especially now, guys, with the pandemic and with the grief and loss that we all are seeing. Uh, the statistic is one out of every 14 kids will lose a parent or a brother or sister before they reach the age of 18. So nationally, that's over 5 million kids. We need to be better. Uh, we need to be better in how we communicate about grief and loss. Um, and we're trying to do that uh, through our organization called Judy's House. And so we're, we're hosting an event on Saturday night um, to raise awareness of the issue. People can register for the event. It is free, absolutely free. It's only going to be an hour, uh, 7 o'clock. Uh, we're going to preview the game, have some fun. Uh, I've got a guest joining me in Charles Woodson, uh, who's my former teammate, um, he's going to talk about his experience with the, with the Packers in the Super Bowl, and then he's going to preview the game with me. I'm going to ask him how he would guard Tyreek Hill, by the way, see what he has to say. Um, and he's actually on the, on the uh, doorstep of the Hall of Fame, so we'll talk with him about uh, how that feels. And then we'll give a little bit of information for people uh, about how to, how to deal with grieving children, how to, how to companion them, how to talk with them. Uh, and how to support them. So we'd love to have anybody who's uh, interested, and it'd be great to have a representation from my hometown there in Miami. Yeah, we uh, certainly encourage all the listeners. You can go to judyshouse.org. That's J-U-D-I. 
S, judyshouse.org. And again, it's Saturday. It's going to be virtual. Charles Woodson will be there, as he said, and uh, it would be great to see South Florida represent. So we certainly encourage everyone to do so. And uh, we appreciate what you're doing for the community. And uh, I'm imagining you enjoyed doing Monday Night Football, huh? Oh, man, it was a blast. I, I would have really liked to have Miami on at least this past season. But with everything uh, trending in the right direction uh, with the Dolphins, I, I guarantee you they'll be on Monday Night Football next year. So we'll, we'll look forward to it. If they didn't get Deshaun, could Tua, I know you got to go, but could Tua be an elite quarterback in the NFL, in your opinion? Well, I haven't seen enough, guys. You know, I uh, I did two uh, I did him a bunch in college when I was doing college football. Um, sat down, talked with him. I love I love the kid, um, and I and I know he's going to work hard. Um, but you know, for you to say would he be elite? Now, elite is a top five in my mind. Um, I haven't seen enough from him to say that that's uh, a possibility. So I know that he's going to work hard and get every ounce of of talent out of himself. Uh, and we'll see where that goes. Brian, quickly, I know you're running, but I'm going to let you know, man, as a player, I don't usually I don't have to listen to a game with volume on. I know what's going on. But when you're up there, you're talking about football, bro. As a veteran, I'll let you know. You teach me stuff, man, so keep doing what you do. That's awesome. Thanks, Channing. And, uh, you know, if you can deal with my dad on a weekly basis, you can deal with anybody. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Old oh, Bob no. talks bad to me, Brian. He talks bad to me. <laughs> Brian Greasy has a big heart, and Doug Plagans has the call of the big game for you next. The Panthers taking on the Predators, and he's got it all for you. And I've got it all for you tomorrow night at 6 o'clock for another edition of 560 The Joe Radio Rewind. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.